the deadline was probably the same day, and I just made it, and I prayed on the bus going up to New York. If I got it, I would take myself seriously. Hey, Baltimore. Erin Douglas recently returned to Maryland after 14 years in New York. Though she studied and worked in finance, she eventually found her way to photography. Last summer, a friend offered her a ticket to Nevada's famed Burning Man Festival, and she returned this year using her camera to capture portraits of the black and brown community. Fresh from the playa, we discuss her experience, career reinvention, and making friends as an adult in a new city. No, I um, actually didn't really start coming around the like Baltimore scene. I didn't know what to do until... Um, I met Jason like officially, mm-hmm. so I knew him, but then I went to one of his night brunches, and then actually, um, right after I came back from Burning Man, um, he reached out after I, after I posted some photos, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, we need to work together, and so, yeah, and we've been like really close friends since then, so I've been That's able so to cool. meet a lot of people, and yeah. Are we yeah. recording? Awesome. We'll just keep going. Okay. <laughs> um, so you met Jason through, I guess, Instagram? How did I, you know, I think I I went to a few events with a friend that we knew because we both weren't from Baltimore. Where are you from? Well, I, okay, let me take that back. Yeah. I'm from Baltimore. Okay. I grew up in the Fells, like Upper Fells Point area, and then on over to the west side until my family moved out to um, Fort Meade area. Okay. And they're not in the military. They just it's just clo- it was closer to DC. Um, and then I moved to New York for 14 years, and then came back about three and a half four years ago. So you went, I did a little research. You went to Hofstra. I went to Hofstra. Is that what took you to New York? Yes. Yes. Took me to New York, uh, lived in Long Island, um, studied finance, and then got a job before graduating. So in the city, so I knew I was going to be staying there and lived the city life my whole entire adult life. So. And you worked in finance? I did for a while. What what yeah. is like what did you do? That's so foreign to me. So. Yeah, it's foreign you to, to me more now specific. It's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> but um I I was fortunate enough to get um a management train in a management trainee program. Um I guess my f- uh the first semester of my senior year. So I was oh, able to get that out of the way and um knew I had worked with Citigroup and so it was a good company and you basically just spend I think it was three months um, learning the lay of the land of something that was foreign and becoming what they call an expert at it um, and trying your best to implement something if you could or you know just learn and then you had to do like presentations in front of all these VPs and I was terrified I was just all ask, the time yeah, are you oh I'm no I'm no. not a no. Okay. I don't know a lot of people that enjoy public speaking I would love to I would love to Um, that's a goal of mine there was a mentor that I gained there um, this black woman VP and she came we would have trainings every now and then and she would like blow us like we were so entertained by her that I was like, I want to be like her when I grow up. But um, and so she she would like have me come all the way down to her office and practice and practice and practice. So are you any more comfortable with it than you were? No, because I haven't. <laughs> I, I I got out of finance, and so I never really got a chance to have a role that okay. forced me into it, which I do wish, even though I would have been terrified. So Ugh, I, I, <laughs> I, when I do it, I don't sleep for like weeks thinking about it and. And then I get up on stage and I, I swear to God, I black out. Like, I don't remember anything. <laughs> and then usually it's okay. Like, yeah. I usually say enough normal 
stuff right but it's fine but i oh god i hate it yeah so, so but now you are officially like not at all having to do that right because you are yes totally photography now no, well i'm trying to get full okay, time well, yeah so yeah. i i've fast forwarded so oh no okay you're yeah. in new york, in new york you're york. not in finance anymore i got out of around the recession time and everything it got thrown out like everyone else i went back and forth in it and then wound up just like kind of jumping around it was really hard at that time mm-hmm. um in new york and i'm sure everywhere else um, so I dibble dabbled in everything. Um, but living in New York is probably one of the best experiences, I say. So I always tell people if they are interested in it, they should just take the plunge, even if it's for a short period of time. Um, and then I kind of just felt like I was just existing in this crazy place. What a millennial thing uh, to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, I think I'm going to move back home. And I mean, to the point where my parents didn't believe me until they came and picked up my stuff. Oh, my they, gosh. You know, because they had been trying to get me to come back. And I was like, no. So I think to leave New York is really hard for people and it's a big step. But I know a lot of people who have. It's mm-hmm. just tiring. <laughs> That's what I hear. You yeah. get burnt out. Oh, yeah. And you I don't, you don't notice it at all. So um, was there a moment when you knew you had to come back or not was it I knew a I, slow thing? Yeah, I think, um, well, I had gotten out of a relationship. Um, and I guess I just, I don't know. I just knew if it was on my mind, then it must mean something because I never, ever once thought I would. And, yeah. I, and I honestly thought I was only going to be gone for a year. Um, and uh, yeah, so and I and I realized, I think, coming home for the holidays you know, in New York, you just go. Mm-hmm. And, like, I didn't have TV. I barely had a couch sometimes. So I wasn't just laid out. I was always doing something. And I would come home for the holidays and just be, like, knocked out on my couch and couldn't get up from the TV. And I'm like, why am I so tired? And then I was just like, oh, it's from living in New York, you know. That's crazy. So, um, yeah, so I came back and... And are your parents still in Fort Meade? Or are they, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so are you living in Fort yeah, Meade? Yeah, okay. I'm living in Fort Meade. And then... Um, yeah, and it's been, I guess, a challenge to meet friends as an adult. Um, but you know, that's where I'm at. And I, oh, that's what happened. I last minute decided to apply for emerging artist um, for um, Artscape. Oh, great! When I came back, yeah, um, my brother was like, "Oh, you should just apply." And so I did it. It was like the deadline was probably the same day and I just made it and I prayed on the bus going up to New York if I got it I would take myself seriously um and then I got got it for um, a photographer so it was the first kind of time I selling my stuff and you know it was a lot of work but it was it was pretty cool when did you make the switch from I mean I guess there was a a, a middle area between finance and photography Mm -hmm. but when did photography sort of rise up as the thing you wanted to do um I don't really know if it – I think I always had it in the back of my mind, but I just never thought about it really. Mm-hmm. And after I got out of finance, I, get, I was always the girl who had the f- camera, not just in general since I was younger. So I've ha- I have so many different old cameras, you know. Yeah. Um, and then people kept asking me, oh, what, what happened to your photography? Because um, I would just play around. I only took a class in high school and then one as an elective in college. So um, so there were moments where I had to take some photos of people um, for a class, but those were the only two. Uh, and so, yeah, people kept asking me, and I was just like, oh, what if, maybe I should think about this. Um, and by that time, my film camera was kind of outdated, mm-hmm. so I didn't have a digital, and by then digital came in. And so um, I got 
uh, it as a gift, and that's when I kind of just started walking around the city. So did you teach yourself Photoshop? I mean, do you, do you use those tools? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I don't use Photoshop as much anymore. I need to. I definitely have a lot more to learn, but I guess I did teach myself. Um, sometimes I don't really realize that, mm-hmm. but in everything, um, I've seen my work evolve, and um, yeah, so... So is photography what took you to Burning Man? Because I am I have so many questions about Burning Man, which you just returned from. Yes. Back from the playa. Back from the playa. I don't even see any sand on you. You look it's nice and clean. It's still in the crevices, I swear. <laughs> it doesn't leave you for a minute. Um, no. So I have an amazing friend who um, I used to run with in New York. And I knew her when she first started going. And when she came back the first time that was the only thing she spoke about and since then I guess this is her this year was her ninth year and she is um, huge or pretty big in the fitness industry but that's like uh, probably in a contract somewhere like she will be going to Burning Man like no ifs ands or buts they have to figure it out and um, she gifted me a ticket last year and was like this is for your birthday Here's an outfit. It's a good friend. Get your flight. And you don't have to worry about anything else, you know, but food and stuff. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going. Like, you finally got me to go. Um, But she's like that. And so, yeah, that's what took me the first time. And I was so nervous about it. So, um, What's the prep like if you're flying across the country? Because you have a lot of shit, right? Like, there's you bring everything with you. It's like... That's one thing. Like, if you if I'm trying to convince someone to go, and then the, you're not even there yet, and you're just telling them like, about the prep, and you're sending them a spreadsheet of like all this stuff, mm-hmm. um, it's a lot of work. So I was overwhelmed even this year uh, with my second time. But yeah, it's a lot. I think once you start to get your staples and understand like what you need and what works for you and what you don't need, it gets easier and not having to get all these small things. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I don't realize it until people say, oh, you're from the East Coast, you know. Um, I had friends who drove down from California, and they had bins, and they brought, you know, this food that they had cooked. And I was like, if you guys are on the East Coast, you would not have been able like, how would you have gotten all that there? And they're like, right. well, we don't know, you know. It's in Utah, right? It's in Nevada. So, oh, Nevada. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and... Yeah, it's just a lot. And so I think last year I put all of my outfits, I already, like, organized them. I put them in plastic bags so that the other stuff doesn't get dusty. Mm-hmm. Um, f- brought food. I sent boxes. They have a, a a container that we could send it to. So I sent two boxes last year. And this year I was, like, try- trying not to send that, make, you know, yeah. take that much. So, so much work. It's a lot of work. I even, I think I traveled with my tent in my suitcase this year. Oh my god. <laughs> but it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, it is worth it in a totally different way than I think most other things are. So How do you mean? Um so I've been talking to a lot of people, interviewing people for my own project um on Burning Man. And the first question I ask them is um tell me about your experience and they all say that's one of the hardest questions. I think I've ever been asked. And I understand, but I'm like, but just 
try, you know? And I was just thinking, like, I've yet to, no one's asked me yet, and I've yet to answer my own questions. Um, well, here's your shot. Yes, I'm going to try to do this. Uh-huh. I think it's it's a culmination of so many things that you rarely are in at the same time anywhere else. So it's like the elements are different. You're in the desert, um, which is can be beautiful but can be very harsh. And then there's this stuff going around just in terms of how the city is. It's a city. It's a pop-up city. And you're just – I got there and I was just like, what what is this? Like, Because it's a circle, right? It's, it's, a, it's like a horseshoe kind of – like a – yeah. But it kind of makes a circle. So – it's huge, 70,000 people. Oh you don't God. feel like it. It's not like a regular music festival where everyone is, you know, moving, going to this one concert. It's so spread out. But it's just weird. It's weird. Sure. You know? It's it less, seems really it's weird. It's very weird. So you're just really trying to figure it out. So your first time, I think it's, like, overwhelming. You get – because there's so much going on, then you're in your thoughts a lot about what's going on and then other things that can, you know, just rev up that you might be suppressing. You're dealing with, like, dust storms and cold nights. Last year was, like, 115 degrees during the day. What? You're riding your bike all day. And then it's, like – How did you get a bike there? So, luckily, my camp has extra ones from the – veterans who kind of like get new things but people sell their bikes I think Burning Man has like a rental thing or they sell bikes because thousands of bikes are left at the end of the burn um probably all the ones people thought they lost and (laughs) never found or something (laughs) a lot of reasons I guess but yeah so it's it's but it's beautiful like it's a a lot of people say who I've talked to recently it's like what you wish or you don't realize that the world or the place that you live is like that it should be and so that's why it's really hard when people return because you're just you know hit in the face with all these societal things that you've left utopia yeah Yeah. and it's just like people say hello and it's not just a hello they want to really talk to you and it's like genuine and it's meaningful and they'll invite you in and they'll you know it's just different you know and it's, and people it, people are happy is there a bartering system nope it's not okay. bartering I, I heard there was a bartering yeah uh, people okay. it's i think that's the first word you think of because it just is not because like, like there's no money no, no money but you can exchange things right so it's it's gifting oh okay, okay. so it's more giving okay. so um it's, if you wanted wine and you came to my camp you could just say hey do you have any wine and i would say yes or no if I had some, I'd say, yeah, sure, do you want some? And that's it. I'm not expecting anything in return. Gotcha. Um, each camp kind of offers something. So be it a TED Talk type of thing or how to knit something or, you know, a certain discussion or they might be a bar. Um, that bar, if you're going to be a bar, you're expected to have enough of whatever you're serving for however many people. So what did your camp do? So we offered Hip Hop Happy Hour because there's not a lot of hip hop. And my friend's a hip-hop girl. Um, and Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we just offered it like four to six. People could just come and drink and listen to hip-hop and dance. And that's I want to do that right now. Yeah. it was. I mean, it's fun, you know. And it's just like people, we kind of like dance outside and try to get people to come in. And I think depending on where your location is. So, you know, like it's very 
organized. Yes. And so each camp you have to apply, I believe, and kind of give them an- apply. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, tell them, I think, what you're going to do. And then you get an address. And right. so we see, this is what makes me feel like I could go because it's so organized. Yes. Because if something happens, you're like, I'm in the corner of whatever and whatever because they're actually streets, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I mean, we were at nine and E, so it's like a clock. So we were at nine and E or nine eight forty five and E. That's where we were. Um, and so depending on where you are, you know, like the street might be more active, so you might get more flow in or not, and or you might be next to really like larger camps. Ours was only about twenty people. The one next to us was known for kind of like their bar scene and party scene. So I think they might have been like 50 or 60. But they go up like hundreds of people. Um, I don't know if I want to be in one that large. But, um, yeah, so. That is so cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so we did the happy hour. We did disco brunch. And that's it. And we kind of just kind of come and help out. That's it. So if there's a hip-hop happy hour mm-hmm. and there isn't a lot of hip-hop music, is that a comment on, like, race or is that a comment on people's interest in hip-hop music? I think maybe both. So not that um, people, you know, like me as a black person, I listen to everything, well, you sure, know. Yeah. So but so it's not that I would play, but I think it's just – so obviously EDM. It's just EDM really? in-house, and that's all you hear. There's different types of EDM. So I found that, like, oh, I kind of like this style. I can dance to it more, and this kind of, like, I can't hear you know, they're anymore. Like EDM subgenres. Yeah, there are. There. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, mostly EDM um, and house and stuff like that is what you're going to find. Um Funny enough, though, this year, I definitely heard a lot more of other things like soul and funk and hip hop. And it was weird because I'm like, it's not like it's black camps playing it. Did people not think that they could play anything else? It was really weird to me. (laughs) It's like committed to EDM. Yeah, like maybe they just, you know, sent a memo out and said, you can play other stuff. I don't know. But I did hear more of it. um, But it's still not. It's still not a lot. So, yeah. People come and, li- and look for it, and it's it's obvious that people like to hear other stuff because they're like, "Oh my gosh, I was at a I was at a camp. It was a bar, and it was just like blasting Purple Rain, and it was amazing. <laughs> you know, it's just like you're at night and it's the people, and yeah, it's it's it was cool. That's so neat. Yeah. What was the craziest thing you saw, or like most unexpected? Who. <sighs> That's a hard one because I've been asking people the same question. I don't know if I, ha- I don't know if I have one. Um, I didn't. So, if you don't know, it's based around art. So people go and build these huge installations. So it's art first, I guess, music second. Um, and one was seeing a uh, huge seven fifty-seven or forty-seven plane which was there last year, but I guess they raised enough money to get the I other I, part of it. Yeah, I think yeah. I saw an article about that last yeah. year. Yeah, so they drove it out every day at a certain time. So it's just this huge plane in, you know, in the desert that you can walk up on and dance on the wings. And can you go inside? You can go inside, oh yeah. So I think that was cool. Um, there was a project with these drones. I think there were 600 drones that went up in the air that looked like 
a huge flock of birds heading, you know, wherever they head when they go away. And it was out of nowhere. And we happened to be on the plane when we just saw this amazing thing just rise in the sky. And no one knew what it was. And then people were like, I think those might be drones, like 600 of them. Um, That was probably a really cool thing so nothing crazy but I do know a lot of people have really like funny things that happen I think a guy told me so there's an end you walk away from the lights it's called the trash fence so you're basically going towards the dark right it's less not much stuff out there but people like going out there and you can stumble upon random things people do it on purpose and he said I was sitting out there by himself kind of zoned out and some guy just biked up to him and said um, did you place a pizza order or something like that? And he just looks at him like, yeah, you know, and he goes, oh, thanks for your order. Thanks for your order. And hands him a whole pizza pie. And he, this is his first time here. He's by himself. He was like, my mind was blown. He's just like, it's like my where dream. does this happen? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Sitting and, by myself yes. in the quiet and someone brings me a pizza. All on the playa. Like you don't even right. get pizza. Like You should barely get anything. <laughs> so he said, I had a whole pizza pie to myself and he just <laughs> rides off, you know, and like, I think those are, that's pretty fun. I wouldn't mind being the person that does something quirky like that one day to people. So what was your agenda with your with your camera? Because I know you went to photograph, right? Right, right. So I went last year, noticed that, or expected to not see a lot of people of color. But I did... Why did you expect to not see a lot of people of color? Um, one, I guess a little bit of the research that I did, you just don't see anyone that comes up on Pinterest or anything. It's just... You, not a lot of white people yeah (laughs) which is i mean not uncommon on pinterest but it's just (laughs) (laughs) that was all you saw i don't there's rare to see any and then um i just didn't know any i happened to um get in touch with someone who i knew to talk to beforehand and uh you know with my hairs and all that stuff i just was curious um but i did see more than i thought i would uh, when I came back, I posted photos, and so many people reached out to me. So I knew there was curiosity. Um, they either just didn't know about it at all and was like, what the heck is this crazy-looking, dusty place? Or um, they knew about it and really was interested in getting the perspective of someone that looked like them, which I thought was interesting, too, because then I was like, that I kind of felt that way, too. So I wasn't planning on going, and... Uh, but this project came to mind, and I figured since it's here now that I should listen, I might not have the opportunity to do it again, um, and that I would go. But I had to submit a proposal because my idea was to do more than just put it on my Instagram. And so you have to get permission from Burning Man if that is your plan. It's so respectful. Yeah. It's, it's, it's um, you know, they take it seriously, um, you know, the environment and people and they don't want they just want it to feel authentic and comfortable comfortable for people um so yeah so that was my intent to go down there and kind of focus on people of color and photograph them and get their stories um so you were like working yeah so that was i realized that did affect my burning man a little bit um and because i was always kind of like on the lookout so I noticed that afterwards, mm-hmm. but it was still way better than last year. So, Because you're used to it or because? Definitely because I knew what to expect. Um, I got over, I think Burning Man is about letting go. So I got over the dust on me and 
and honestly, being more brown, it's uh, it's harder to deal with because it's so much more obvious. And so you're just constantly, like, trying to wipe it off. And it's pointless. It's futile, It's yes. pointless. <laughs> um, so I just realized you're going to spend a lot of time doing that and not, like, just taking in things and just forgetting about it. So I, um, you know, my hands were looking dusty and ashy, which we would call it. And I was like, the fact that I'm talking with my hands and handing you stuff and my hands look like that, that means a lot. You well, know, if everyone else looks like that. Like if everyone else is I know, dusty. I think and... it's a cultural thing, okay. it's which, I, which I realized. Because, yeah. um, you know, some people are just like, oh, I'm, I don't notice anything. And I'm like, it's me then. It's us, you know. Um, so just kind of not giving in to those things and kind of just being more comfortable. And I think I was a lot more just free. I just felt a little bit more free. I allowed myself to be more free. I'm a You're lot more. You're a veteran. Yes. Yeah. I just felt good. And um, so, so that on top of meeting so many people, there was definitely a lot more uh, black and brown people there than I noticed last year. So that was really cool. And I think everyone was uh, – they responded to me really well, um, and I had this idea. I was like, man, I really want to do a group photo, but, um, you know, there's no texting, and it's just— There's no texting? There's You're off-grid. Because there, there's no service? There's no service. Okay, okay. I don't know if there's, like, a rule that they— Oh, um, okay. it's, and it, it's almost a rule, actually, because, uh-huh. I mean, people somehow can get on their phones sometimes, and you're kind of looked at and, like— that's against the rules, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, uh, I started to tell people. Someone said, why don't you just come up with a day and time and tell people. But the thought that someone was going to remember by even the end of the day, considering what Burning Man exists of partying, all, I thought, I'll do it, but who knows if anyone will come. And I think I started that on Tuesday or Wednesday, um, six o'clock at the temple on Friday, I said to people, and if they saw anyone else to just invite. And as I rode over to it, was probably expecting zero or maybe five, and like about 20 people showed up. Oh, wow. And it was pretty amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And I think everyone felt really good. And it wasn't about, you know, I think everyone there, especially as a black or brown person, pretty unique. I think anyone who goes to Burning Man is unique, hands down. Whether you go again or not, the fact that you will, you were open to it because it's so different, um, you're pretty cool. And I think being a person of color is even different because it's so outside of what we're known to do or what people are comfortable with or even knowing about. Um, so I think people felt that. and um, But I think everyone was, imp- I guess, the unique one. They're kind of like outliers, you know. I think that might mm-hmm. be what it takes to get more people interested, those the people who are the, you know, the friend that, oh, I'm not surprised they went kind of, friend, you know, person, yeah. um, to kind of open the doors and share their stories about why they think it's, you know, something that other people should experience. So what do you do with these stories and these photos? What do you, what's the project? I am working on uh, hopefully producing a photo exhibit before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, haven't started that part of things, but that's the goal. And then getting it into some publications. So I will have some in the Baltimore Sun and then um, Travel Noir, which is a um, website um, so far, and just looking for some other outlets and then working on the photo exhibit. So I'm just calling people, interviewing them, 
asking them tons of questions. Mm-hmm. And it's been really interesting to hear everybody's story to the same questions because they're all totally different. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. 70,000 people. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, and that, I think that's why people go every year because it's different every year. So people who have been three or four times are like, this was the worst year. This was my best year. This is why I was able to do this or I had this challenge. Um, you know, I did less of this, did more of that, you know. So that's why I think people are kind of interested in, in seeing maybe if I go next year, I would do this differently and maybe I'll have the opportunity to do this or I just kind of am curious. Yeah. And then also people feel like it's um, kind of like you reset even though it's a lot of work. Mentally and spiritually, it's uh, you're you're just taken to another place that you don't get to be here. Yeah. So I think that's kind of how people. Not. That, I mean, when you come back, you still have to reset <laughs> from <Yeah>. Burning Man. <laughs> it takes a long. Take a time. minute. Yeah. Takes a minute. So yeah. Well, as you've been curating this and you've been you know returning to Baltimore, um, what is the art scene? I mean, what have you what have you thought of the art scene here? Because you've been away for a while. Yes. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't think I've been, like, plunged in it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've met definitely more artsy people and more entrepreneurs, um, which has been helpful just just in terms of the conversations you have, um, based, you know, con- different than, you know, maybe friends who just aren't thinking that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's challenged me when I have an idea and someone says, oh, like, how are you going to get it done? Or... Oh, I can I can con- you know get you in touch with this person. So it's been you know it's been nice, um, but I think I, I do need to. I think that observation is really astute too about Baltimore. Where when I think about the group of friends I have, mm-hmm. nobody does the same thing, right? And it's really helpful to bounce ideas mm-hmm. off of each other. That's I hadn't quite thought of it like that before, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean I've had I've had a you know wide range of friends in all areas, but I just realized I. I didn't realize and now realizing that I needed more creatives around me and people who are challenging themselves in a different way um, and in the entrepreneurial way and creative way. And yeah, it's because it's a grind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, are you happy with your move back here? Are you happy to be here? You know, it's I don't know I'll be if I'll be here for forever, um, but I think it's been interesting to kind of see it as a um, grown woman versus when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, luckily, falling into some cool circles, getting to meet um, people that, I don't know, people probably don't think Baltimore has. You know, I think there's just this thought of what Baltimore is and who lives there and... Um, did you have those stereotypes as well when you weren't living here? Uh, no. no. I, I mean, because I you, grew up in a diverse area. Um, and as a young person, I was pretty aware of everything going on. So um, I kind of knew that, you know, the pockets, I knew that it was diverse. I had like, you know, two young black doctors who lived next to me went to Johns Hopkins, you know. So I was able to see that. I was like best friends with the 60-year-old white woman when I was in like 10. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so, yeah, so I was able to see that. And, you know, I saw a lot of different elements. And my my great-grandmother was really involved um, in the city. And so I knew that it wasn't, but I just 
coming back, I didn't know who was who or where to where to go yeah. for sure. Um, so I think it's it's it has a long way to go, but hopefully, like I think things are opening up for other people to see more of. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. Um, you said earlier that it's hard to make friends because. Or you, you, it was hard maybe at first to make friends because you're yes. an adult. Yeah. But it seems like you've made some. Yeah. So, but what was your intro? I mean, what was your first, like, who kind of blew it open for you and how'd you get there? Um, okay. So I came here. There was um, a girl who was friends with a common friend of mine in New York and they he introduced us and she was moving from Boston. So we were kind of roll dogs and both just walking around not knowing where to go um and i i still wasn't meeting people and obviously i don't live in the city so that also makes it a little harder sure um but then i uh got really close to jason bass and he's kind of opened the door for me he always he knows everyone so we hang out it's he's saying hello to everyone and he's really good at introducing you um and then doing his events um you know meeting people and Talking to people while I'm photographing has mm-hmm. helped. And so I've connected with people just because I start conversations with people at the events. Um, and, yeah, that's I think that's mainly been it. So it's, Yeah, I know a lot of people have that question because it is weird. When you're a kid, there's so many built-in ways yeah. to meet people. And then when you're an adult, I think social media makes a difference Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, I know people struggle with that. And I've lived here for so long that, like, not to be like I have a lot of friends because I don't. <laughs> Not really. But <laughs> <laughs> I like my little friend group. Yeah. But um, it's, you know, when you've lived somewhere for a long time, it's really easy to just plug in and yeah, you know where to go for mm-hmm. your different resources. But if you're a fresh slate, you know, it's kind of yeah hard to get in there. So. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to think about it. When you have a girl crew, you're not thinking about the lone girl at the bar might need a friend or that you, you know, want somebody else to come in. It's been like pretty stable, mm-hmm. you know. But for that person, and especially coming from New York, because, I mean, I had so many friends that were, like, core but not core. So I had an amazing running crew that I ran with that we were all really good friends. But I know everyone had their own other cores because we weren't who we grew up with and, like, who we came to the city with. But we became really close, and they from so many facets of life and everywhere. Um, But it was really easy for that to happen through running through running there's do you have so a running group here sorry do, no sorry do I, I, I moved right yeah do you have a running group here no i've thought about starting one you actually. should start one yeah i will not join it but you should start <laughs> one i always challenge people when they say that mm-hmm. i will get you to run somehow some way <laughs> i promise you okay well <laughs> well so the throw fun, the gauntlet the let's thing, see the fun thing about if you the, chase me with like a weapon i will run Okay. Okay, so, so that, that might be my motivation. But then I'll chase you to, like, a bar. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, see? How quick was that? <laughs> okay, but you have to threaten violence to get it done. Yeah, but, you know, but there's something fun to look forward to. That's with true. You. So that's what, like, that's what we did in, in my group. We kind of, it was this big, like, diverse group of people that just didn't look like they belonged with each other, running in the streets, and then we would chow down someplace or we would go to a bar mm. and or we would travel so it was really more lifestyle um uh, like an urban run crew than just like this very how far are you running uh, from three miles and more and i will say when i started i was not a runner okay and i 
there are people who start who have never ran before, and their first run is five miles. And not that they didn't walk some, but it's mental. I, I, hands down, all day, it's mental. I signed up for a 5K today, actually, so uh-huh. I shouldn't say. I'm going to have my kid in a stroller, so I'm going to walk <laughs> a lot. But <laughs> I did. I forgot I did that. So I say I start one, and we find, like, a cool location to, like, start and go to, but that we can have drinks and— You should run to night brunch. Run to— uh, Jason Bass, yep. He's supposed to help me with this, so. Okay, well, there you go. We just figured it out. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So I know you haven't been here super-duper long, mm-hmm. but we always ask people for recommendations. Mm-hmm. So do your best. Of? of the re- I'm going to ask you five oh, different oh. things. Yeah, just okay. some recommendations of the ci- for the city. Alert. That was really unclear. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? Okay, yes. I'm, I'm right. really good at being <laughs> articulate. Okay, so your favorite, well, I don't know. Have you been on a date in Baltimore? Um, if so, you don't have you can answer. Okay, I'll ask that differently. It's sad. <laughs> Where would you want to go on a date? Huh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, I don't know of a, a restaurant, but I do like, um, um, what's the Italian place on Fleet Street? Tagliata. 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 I do like that place. Just because they have really good food. That outdoor seating. Yes. Yeah. But anywhere that just has really good food and that we can kind of like hop around to places. So, I mean, I don't, it doesn't have to be fancy. I like like Ekibon. We can go there too. That's my choice. that corridor because yeah. Ekibon's really close to mm-hmm. that. Okay. Good answer. Um, favorite place to grab a drink? Oh, um, I can only think of Bluebird because I was thinking of going there today. <laughs> Great idea. So that's what I'm going to say. Okay, perfect. Um, favorite place to be outside? Ooh, that one is hard. I would say I don't – I feel like I'm always in the same areas. So it's like Mount Vernon or Fells Point. So I wish I knew some other areas, but those are always pretty. Just wandering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just wandering. Fair enough. Um, your favorite place? Have you photographed any areas in Baltimore? And if so, what's your favorite? So, well, I haven't necessarily. No, I have. Um, kind of near um, Micah, I've photographed. But my first photography assignment ever when I took it in high school I was dancing at Peabody, and so that was really the first place I ever took photos was around Mount Vernon and in Peabody, so that yeah. counts, I guess. Yeah, totally yeah. counts. <laughs> was that five? No, that was four. <gasps> I only wrote down four. Oh. Okay. Favorite place to network with black professionals? Okay. Um, so that's a good one, and I'm, I have to remember this group. So I think Night Brunch is a really good place um there's also another um another group that gets together i think it's called the uh baltimore young professionals byp um so they're very much more business focused and they do like lunch and learns on saturday i'm like if you are actually going on a saturday morning afternoon on a 
beautiful summer you're, day. You're committed. Yeah, you're committed. <laughs> and any men who I'm looking at you, you know. But um, so I, I went there one time and it was really great. It was a different group of people, some that I had seen before, but different group of people that I thought um, would be cool to kind of like start to mingle with. And the fact that they're really introducing like educational things behind business and um, like seminars or um, they had like a panel. So every oh, okay. few, um, I think, I don't know if it's once a month that they do, but it's um, they had it at the nest when I went and they had a panel of people of different kind of backgrounds, but all and professional and successful. Um, and they'll have a different uh, topic every time. And it's, you know, pretty long and they have, you know, a, maybe a local person who will make food that you can purchase and they'll have, um, drinks and you kind of just listen and ask questions and stuff. So it was really like informative, interactive. Yeah, interactive. Yeah. And it was, yeah, good vibes. So I would say those two, but it took, I mean, I just went there maybe a month ago. Um, and I, it took a long time for me to find anything like that. So the fact that you, yeah, that's a good question because it was a question I had for a very long time, which, you know, hopefully it will get better. And not that it has to be, I never like all of one thing ever, you mm. know, it'd be great to have a mix of people um, in one place more often than not. And I don't think you see that as much here. So, yeah. Um, what is next for you? Ooh. So I am really focusing on this project. Um, and hopefully I can have a show here in Baltimore that I can get a lot of people to. Um, so that's really what I'm focused on. But also just um, finding new opportunities to work and to build my business and to make it full time before I have to quit it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're doing wedding photos now too, right? I do weddings. Yeah. Um, yes, it's a acquired taste, I guess. That, okay, yeah. Yeah. I I was not a bridezilla, I'm, I'm pretty sure, but there were like moments throughout the day where I could find myself I getting can see stressed. You're very particular, yes. Me? Yeah. Oh, I'm not, I'm not no? particular. What do you say? Stressed in what way? Um, the, uh, just make, because I was hosting an event. Right. So I felt like everything had to. Right. Yeah, I felt responsible. Mm-hmm. And we didn't hire like an official wedding planner. Right. We had a lot of help, of course. Yeah. But, yeah, so it just – and I never – I love my wedding photographer, Shane Carpenter. Uh-huh. He's amazing. He runs Hex Ferments. Ah, Have you had? no. Oh, my God. Okay. It's amazing. They do, like, fermented, like, kombucha. And, yes. Yeah. Yes. So he and his wife run that. Yes. And then Piper, who was the um, – she started Station North Tool Library. Have you been there? No, I haven't been there. You so have to cool. give me recommendations yeah. before we leave. We'll talk after <laughs> this. Um, so they were my wedding photographers. They are amazing. But um, – and I really do feel like I was, like, a normal person. Okay. I did get a little stressed. Okay, that's normal. Not toward them, but just they saw right. maybe not my best sides at like a few moments. Okay, that's normal. But you must get like really crazy people. And or do you not work with them? I've so usually I haven't had as many um uh of my own weddings as I have working with a company. Mm-hmm. Uh so I don't have as much interaction with the the couple as I would normally if it, if I booked them myself, which is cool in some senses but not because I have no clue who I'm meeting before I get there um, lucky and luckily enough I have you know better experiences with the actual person or the couple and the um, the group than not but I think my first wedding with this company was 
either Ethiopian or Nigerian. It was, they were one or two. They were the first two, and which are huge weddings. It was maybe like five hundred. Five hundred people. Too many people. I can't. Are you serious? Yes, so serious, and um, you know, so there's a cultural thing. There's different things that they do, and I remember, the, I remember the the bride being pissed, and she had tons of bridesmaids who were in all kinds of different personalities. I mean, so they were like, you should do, they were telling me what to shoot, showing me photos. And as a photographer, you know, you aren't just a photographer. And that's why I think it's cool to ask for whatever you want. Because I've been the makeup artist, the hairstylist, oh tied shoes, held the bouquet, been the people wrangler, shut everybody out the door, you know, because I'm supposed to photograph the bride. And if she's not in her, you know, in good spirits, it's going to show and she's going to hate how she looks, you know. Mm -hmm. And so this this bride just sat with a straight face pissed for I don't even know how long. And oh I didn't God. even know what to do. It's my first wedding. And <laughs> I finally when we got to the ceremonies place. I took her into a room and told everyone not to come in and just said, look, you have to, re- you know, you have to relax. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it's I th- a good day. Yeah. Like, be happy. And, but most people, it's hard to, to just let things be, you know, just like it, things are going to mess up. It's, it's going to work out. Yeah. Or to think you have to do things a certain way. And I find most couples don't get to actually enjoy their wedding. So mm-hmm. I always, like, if people, even if you're not hiring me, I think, or hiring a photographer, I think they're great people to ask questions about um, for, um, about weddings yeah. and what they suggest That's and a good stuff. Point. Yeah. Um, because we are watching everything. And we, you know, we suggest things because because it makes more sense in it and it and in the flow of things and and what helps the day go better so it might not be traditional all the times but it'll allow you to enjoy your your day better mm-hmm. um so you know i've been lucky to not deal with too many bridezillas but it's tough when you do or or you know cranky bridesmaids or something like that so yeah better bridesmaids yeah, yeah. something you know mm-hmm. and it's a lot so I, I think the first thing i look at when i get a wedding is how many people are in the bridal party because i'm like is that a good indication it's just what am i gonna have to deal with is it like 16 right. people how you, were there 16 in the 500 person wedding there what well i think in total there might have been 16 um bridesmaids and groomsmen. oh okay but there have been like you know, 12 bridesmaids. And I'm like, the more weddings I do, the less I want for my own wedding when that comes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like... It's a lot of people. Whoever says they don't want to be in my wedding, it is totally fine. Right. The less friends that I have, it's okay that you've gone off to the waist. I'm totally okay yeah, with just that. Go yeah. in the audience. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's, it's lucrative business. So if you like it a little bit, you can get a few. And then, you know, for people who make it their thing... You know, you can you can do well in it, and you can yeah. kind of start to navigate exactly the type of clients you want, and so. say no to people. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. say yeah. no to people. So yeah. cool. Well, how can people find you? Find you? you. I yes. Said find you. You said find me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I didn't find. Sorry. How can they find you? You are fine. <laughs> um, so my Instagram, which I usually update often, is. Um, at a photo chick so it's a photo p-h-o-t-o chick c-h-i-c-k um or my website which is erin e-r-i-n dash dash 
Shah, S as in Sam, H-A dot com. And what is the Shah? It's the first three letters of my middle, of my middle name. Oh. Shannon. I was going to assume Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So cool. that's how you can find me and... That's well, it. Erin Douglas, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I'll have to see you at Burning Man soon. I'm in. I I have, okay, so this is my dream. Okay. In a couple of years when our kids are older, mm-hmm. I want to go. Can you go for a couple of days? Is that possible? It is possible. I would not suggest it. Okay, well, I don't think I'm going to get my husband there <laughs> for much more than like two or three days. But I want to go for a couple of days and then leave and go to some like crazy like Utah or Nevada. A lot like, of people do that. Desert resort mm-hmm. and like swim and do yoga. A lot of people do that. Um, I would go for four days at least. Okay, I'm good for four days. I'll have to have you. Would talk you to ever my go husband. by yourself and not with your husband? Would he? Oh, maybe. Him? I don't even think about that. I'm so codependent. <laughs> <laughs> think <laughs> about it. See, you know. Because it's so much preparation that it's yeah, like... I don't have to worry about him. That. Yeah, he's like, go do your thing. Sorry, like, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Yeah, I would go by myself. Yeah. Or like without him. Maybe not by myself. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I'd talk about it and see, and he'd probably be like, yes, you Yeah, fuck that guy. That. I'm going without him. <laughs> thank you for yes, the inspiration. You can camp with us, and you will be fine. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, two days you can't do. I mean, you can. There's people who do it, but I think it's a lot of work to just go for two days. And then you either might fall in love with a place that you have to leave so quickly and you didn't even get to experience it. So just let me know. Okay. Yes. I'm going to hold you to it. All right. (laughs) See you next year. Thank you. Bye. Thanks to Erin for recording with us and for bringing up my marital codependency issues. I am 100% in for a hip-hop Burning Man camp experience, with or without you, my husband. Check out Aaron's work at aaron-shaw.com and keep an eye out for a gallery show in the near future. Hey Baltimore is made possible by the Downtown Partnership and produced by Mike Evitz. If you live or work or visit downtown, check us out on Facebook or Instagram or head to our site, godowntownbaltimore.com. Our theme music is by Baltimore's own Super City. And I'm your host, Megan Eisenach. <laughs>